0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Hockey the Podcast. Great to have you on board. I tell you what, last couple of weeks, every time I've introd the show, I've always gone, Welcome to a special edition of Hockey the Podcast. But it pretty much applies to every single show that we've had in uh, the last uh, couple of months. So I think in, in future, if it's a really crappy episode, I, I'm going to say, Welcome to a, a normal edition of Hockey the Podcast because the norm these days is really really special and joining me as always is my partner in crime Tyron Jabu Barnard and Ty we do have a very very special guest joining us as well.
1: Yeah Derek <clears throat> good evening to you uh what a special day it is uh it's always great when we get to talk about hockey with 30 days out from the Olympic Games we are uh Just a week or so past the the Euro Championships. And of course, there is a little bit of focus going on on indoor hockey right now around the world because the last competitors of the Indoor Hockey World Cup will be decided this weekend in America. Uh, It is the Pan Am uh, Indoor Hockey Cup where the last World Cup finalist will be chosen. 12 nations. And of course, if you're talking Indoor Hockey World Cup, there is only one story that comes to mind and that story comes from the 2015 World Cup in Leipzig when the Netherlands were victorious going all the way through and winning the final against the odds and lifting the title as world champions and uh, it was an amazing fairy tale story and to that we are joined by the captain of that team a PSI will start the Amsterdam uh, Women's first team coach Robert Tiggs. Tiggs, welcome and uh, thanks for joining us tonight.
2: Yeah, welcome. What a nice introduction. <laughs> um, yeah, good
1: to be uh, good to be in the show. I'm really looking forward talking hockey. Nice. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, Tiggs, I, I got to meet you through PSI when you came out here, uh, to South Africa a few times. In fact, so much so that South Africa was almost your home away from home. Um, and uh, look, I mean, obviously, indoor hockey does not have the same profile as outdoor hockey, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind, having watched you play, your name is right there with the elites of indoor hockey. What, what is the, the indoor passion that drives you?
2: Oh, well, uh, it's my passion for the game started uh, when I was, uh, at, I think, twenty-one, and I just uh, um, uh, fell out of the out of the boat. I, I don't know how to tell, but I, I didn't get selected anymore because of age for the under twenty-one outdoor team, because here in the Netherlands as well, the the uh, outdoor hockey obviously is is more important for everybody. But um, I I started playing the national team because I wanted to stay in the picture for the national outdoor team but I got hooked by the game so hard because it's yeah, so fast. It's so uh, electric. I mean, you're in full action all the time, uh, running, uh, running forward, trying to do my thing, scoring goals. But I also had to run back, which wasn't the case in, uh, in outdoor hockey all the time. Uh, so, yeah, the action, you know, the goals, everything, defensive, offensive, everything's in it. Um, and I think it's very attractive to play. And it's also very, very attractive to watch if you see a good game.
0: Yeah, I am very much in the same boat, Robert, because I was introduced to hockey via indoor, and that was via Tyrants. So that was about two, three, uh, two, three years ago in, in Durban. Uh, it yeah. was an indoor competition featuring South Africa, Botswana, and, and Zimbabwe. And I had the immediate impression as well. I said, how is this sport not more popular? How uh, it, All you need are eyes to see it, to realize... Yeah how good and how an entertaining sport it is
2: yeah definitely and I think uh, well it's it's full full action like 40 or 60 minutes depends on playing time but I think uh, well like uh, Ty said I, I came to uh, Cape Town the first time on my own and after that we had some series going on uh, between uh, the 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 all-stars and uh, and the South African team and uh, what Simon is doing there Simon uh, he, he's creating the buzz around it as well and that makes it so spectacular and that's well I think uh, the game and obviously what what the opportunities that you have uh, during the game but also around the game make it way more spectacular make, make, make more spectacular than an, uh, than an outdoor game i've been I've been watching the euros. Uh, recently and i yeah some games i just stopped watching because it was quite boring but it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot with an indoor game so it's yeah it's it's full on action and it goes and it goes and it goes until like all the the, the dust is gone and then okay what's the final score you know <laughs> so yeah i think it's an amazing game and um, i i yeah like i said i fell in love with it when i was around 21 i always played it but you know, making it to the highest level, reaching uh, the level of playing World Cups. You know, uh, good crowds. We played in uh, in Poland for uh, I think in Poznan in 2011. There were like 5,000, 6,000 spectators. The same in Leipzig, especially during the final and the semi-final against Germany. Uh, and like I said, you know, it was 4-2 up, 4-4 uh, four four with. 60 seconds to play they scored two goals within 60 seconds they couldn't have they could have scored the winning one even a second later uh and then shoot out you know buzzing crowds it was it
1: was amazing spectacular yeah and speaking of crowds i mean since you obviously got to play in some really cool crowds in south africa as well psr definitely, definitely i mean was was there any was there any year uh when you came out to any of those all-stars teams that stand out as uh, your favourite or your best memories?
2: Um, I think, I don't know the... I think it was Moritzburg where we went. It was quite uh, outside of Cape Town where it was a smaller court, but the, the crowd, it was packed. The whole, the full uh, uh, place was packed. I mean, everybody was sitting around the boards and everywhere and behind the goals. There was no single seat open anymore. Um,
1: so that was one of my uh, better memories. And Yeah, uh, I, was, I, was, I was at that game. I remember it was at St. Anne's College. I actually yeah. ended up, I was actually... Because I was there on a media pass, but there was no space. I ended yeah. up actually sitting on the bench next to you and John McEnroe. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I can remember. I can remember. <laughs> uh, so that was a great, a uh, great memory. But yeah, obviously most of the games. I think for me as well, uh, like a, a dream came true when we had. Uh, I mean, we had some good all-star teams. But I think there was one particular year where we had like the the elite of the elite uh, with Mo First, uh, with Benny West, with Timo West, uh, mm. and besides the indoor court, also very nice guys to hang around with. So I think that that year, that edition, was very special to me, especially uh, to see and to play with with Mo Fürst, for example. This guy, he's he's like a living legend for. Well, hockey in general, you know uh, uh, but also because of his uh, 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 how do you say it? his awareness no his uh, him showing up there and yeah. uh, and the, the rest of the team. I think that was one of the best crowds ever. And, and you know, we really made a, a nice um, entertainment game out of it. I can remember Mo giving his stick to a young kid to play for a, for a couple of seconds. Uh, he grabbed his stick back when he saw there was an opportunity and he scored a, an electric goal uh, in the top corner, you know, uh, killing two guys. No, so But I think, uh, Ty, I, I've been there for, I think, eight or nine times. And probably in December, I will be back for maybe number nine or ten. Um, and, and, and actually all of them were for, were in, in front of fantastic crowds, uh, amazing people, amazing kids, parents, you know, the organization is perfect. So, yeah, I mean, the experiences there are, uh, I wouldn't say they're similar to a world cup final, but they are close to it. And for an event like PSI, that's awesome. You know?
1: Yeah. And, and Tiggs, I mean, uh, yeah, the question I, um, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you is obviously over the years, you played a few different all-stars. You you played the African all-stars, the combined stars, the world stars, but you also played the South African team. Yeah. In your opinion, I mean, obviously in some of those early games, you guys used to give the South Africans a bit of a hiding, but it started getting a bit more competitive. Which players, were were there some players that stood out for you that made you think these guys can really compete with South Africa in the future?
2: yeah yeah yeah, definitely i mean and especially looking at the youngsters coming through now eh, from the psi program i mean the kasim brothers uh I, saw, I think i saw the younger one i think that's mustafa uh he i think he was like the first time i was there he was 13 or 14 maybe even younger and yeah. I, I saw him play recently and uh, I think he played in one of the last games. Not I, I played against him, but not in an all-star game. But this guy has skills. I think his brother as well, obviously. Uh, Ryan Julius, uh, who played in the Netherlands uh, last year, uh, outdoor. Also great skills and also, you know, uh, trying to get the best out of it all the time on, on every aspect. Not only on the field, but also off court, you know, and uh, his fitness and agility is, is insane. Um I think, uh, well, Jetro obviously is, is, is picking up and he's becoming a stronger leader. So I think there are definitely uh, several guys that are growing and growing. And I think also by playing uh, the all-star team, they gain more uh, tactical awareness. They gain more tec- uh, technical skills. Um, you know, so I think these, these games really um, yeah, push them to, to get uh, to, a, to a higher level so i mean i was really impressed over the years how they improved definitely
0: rob i i'm really glad to hear that because i mean obviously we take a lot of pride in in our sports personalities our sports people now we tend to measure understandably we we're a massive rugby loving nation and we tend to measure years by rugby world cups so course yeah. we we kicked things off in 1995 and and since then every four years we've enjoyed a rugby world cup we won three of them uh but yeah. then there's certain years that you remember like oh we didn't do so well and you look back at 2015 and that was a, a year where we we made it to the semis the Springboks, and they they lost to the all blacks in, in the semi-finals 2015 uh not so big a year for south africa big year for the all blacks but also a massive year when it comes to the netherlands and the world cup when it comes to indoor hockey,
2: definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, like the introduction said, for us it was a it was a fairy tale story. Um, I think we, we started off in two thousand eight with a with a group of like uh, fanatic guys who really wanted to play. Eh? Some of them, like my my own um, uh, drive to go there, was to stay in the picture for the outdoor team. Uh, but some of them uh, had the same others uh, were really specialistic uh indoor players and they really wanted to compete so we built it like a core team uh, and we were still playing in B division in the euros then mm. uh, and from there on our our story uh, yeah actually started and we had a german uh, german coach coming in robin rush who was really uh, a really nice guy but tactical really good and you know this guy you would you would you would kill for a guy like this and uh, so he started building and building and building and along the way some people uh, so, some guys uh, retired or uh, yeah eventually weren't good enough anymore because there was a, a bit of a buzz starting around this team like okay there's a really good focus they're really looking uh, looking forward to competing in the world uh, in the world top um and so we had our uh, promotion in the netherlands i think in 2010 and from there on we started to qualify for the a division and we qualified for the world cup 2011 um and so on and so on and eventually um yeah 2015 we qualified and we we were um convinced of of being a semi-finalist team um but we, we never thought about uh, defeating Germany uh, for a home in front of a home crowd of like five six thousand spectators cheering screaming, um, yeah, and, and beating them by uh, by uh, shootouts penalty shootouts. Yeah, that was insane. And, and the story, I mean, I mean, when you play a tournament, you know, you we started off actually quite bad. I think our results weren't that good. We played a, 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 a shitty game against Canada. We won them 3-1 in the last few minutes with just some, some individual skills. And so we struggled through the group. But at a certain point, you know, you get this feeling and you're like, OK, OK, we're here now. Uh, we we ended up number one in the group, so therefore we um, uh, we missed uh, we had a, a, a easy opponent in the quarterfinal well easy not easy but you know not the strongest one so we played Sweden and you start getting this belief within this team you know and the team started playing better and all the the tactical things were more like a routine and more like a routine all the time so uh, at a certain point we were like okay you know this might gonna work out. Uh, but we always, uh, um, uh, yeah, we always made it through the semi-finals in the Euros as well. But always, Austria or Germany was in the way. You know, they are just, they were two, yeah, top-class indoor teams, and we were like, okay, uh, that that never happened and it will never happen. But but during this tournament, and that was also a special role for our coach Robin Rush. He he made us believe in, 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 in this thing. And, and and obviously in 2015 it was the first and the only year where you had to play with five instead of six. And I think that was our main advantage because with, with four with four players on the field, we always had yeah, all the, the specialist guys in our teams, in our team on the field. And uh, the years before, we always had, like, a number 11 player or a number 12 player that had to play, but actually wasn't good enough. And this year, everything came together. Yeah, and then, you know, against Germany, our tactical plan was right. Um, You know, I I think I scored the first goal within 30 seconds, one of my best goals ever. But, I mean, so disbelief. It just, it started growing and growing and growing. And in the end, when you beat Germany in front of their home crowd in the semi-final, obviously you feel strong enough to play a final against Austria. You know, you're like, okay... Bring this on! It's gonna be a piece of cake. Obviously, it was not a piece of cake, but you know, you're you're uh, you're so super confident, and I think uh, yeah, it was a big uh, a big uh, compliment to my coach in that time, but also a big compliment to the team because we were really a team. You know, it started getting uh, closer and closer, and everybody started believing in himself and in and in, in, in each other, uh, and so this this yeah, actually this this fairy tale. Had a really happy ending uh yeah lifting the world cup it was like yeah still the the, the biggest highlight of my uh, of my playing career uh and i'm still super proud of uh of what we what we did there because in the end it, it took me uh i i played the indoor team for like 10 10 to 12 years and 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 this was after Eight years, I think, of of hard work. Every winter, you know, training hard, eight, nine, ten times a week, uh, at seven in the morning, you know, up and down to almeira Just and and you know, we always ended up fourth or third, maybe one time or fifth or sixth. So it's also not that motivating, but we fought so hard, and there, therefore, this was like, yeah, this was the 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 best thing that could happen, and I think we deserved it uh only because of this effort of some of the guys like turn of nikki lies who were there from the start you know with this core team we really started believing in uh in 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 reaching the top and 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 becoming a world champion and yeah the best thing that happened to me in my playing career
0: yeah i can completely understand and You know, you said that you targeted the semi-finals. And and to be fair, and and no disrespect to the team, I think that was massively optimistic. You mentioned the results that you've secured in the past when it comes to the World Cup. So even the semi-finals would have been a massive achievement in itself. So uh, what was it? I think Dodgeball, the movie that said Dodgeball, an underdog story. And and that can really apply to the Netherlands team in 2015. So... You go through, you, you make the, twi- the, the semifinals, you achieve the goal that you originally set out to achieve, and you yeah. face the likes of Furster, uh, Timo and Benny Vess, uh, an yeah. all-star squad. You do away with them, and then you make it to the final. Not only do you do that, and I'm talking about the team, but then personally, you go and score in the 3-2 victory.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a nice corner. Yeah, obviously, obviously, we played uh, Austria for uh, quite some time already during uh, during other Euro events and uh, also during uh, uh, club championships, European club championships. So you know each other, and uh, yeah, like I said, we trained so much, and our penalty corner. I think, yeah, I don't know how many, but I think it was over a hundred thousand pushes uh <laughs> uh during during my career if it if it isn't more uh so yeah i mean the, the the penalty corner was a routine, but our coach the the German guy he said from the beginning if you you have to start believing in if you have a good goalkeeper and well, I think Ty can confirm that Lawrence played one of his best uh tournaments. Uh, ever when we played the world cup and a good corner uh, efficient corner can bring you titles and this is what happened i mean I, I can remember the moment and i was so confident like okay i know this goalie i know his weak spot uh, i'm super confident of my own corner so uh, bring it on and and yeah like you've seen on uh, on the videos uh, it was exactly how we planned and uh, yeah obviously super happy and a highlight for me uh, during the final especially
1: Uh, I mean, there's also a story that's probably not often told, but how good was the celebration that night in Germany? Uh, it was good
2: i can remember until like midnight and that's about it uh, no it was it was awesome i mean i think uh were you there no no uh, i think simon was there uh, because that's where we met and that's how the psi uh, thing got started but i think they had this 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 kind of club uh, within a cave uh it was underground mm-hmm. Typical German, and uh, yeah, I think it was one of the best parties ever. I mean, uh, obviously, with a gold medal around your neck and drinking out of a World Cup. It uh, <laughs> tastes really sweet. Uh, but I think a lot of teams were there. And and, and uh, like I said, you know, you play each other, uh, especially the European teams. I mean, we play each other. It's always the same faces. It's uh, Armenia from Austria. They have a lot of international players. They also play for Austria. Uh, you have the German guys that play for the club teams, and you see them during the European Championships and during the Euros for for countries. So I think in the end this party was like a real uh, gathering of all the familiar faces. Obviously not the not the usual suspects uh, wearing the gold medal, but yeah, it's always you know you work hard, you you work for two to three months to uh, to go to a tournament like this, and there's a lot of uh, relief and 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 attention relief and and. Yeah, how do you say it? A lot of no uh, energy when when a tournament is over, you know, and, and and in the end, everybody, you know, the hockey communion, it's one big happy family, and that's what I really remember from uh, from this uh, from this. Uh, party that all the teams were there but also the australian guys everybody was there also the women's uh, women's part obviously because it was a uh, for uh, a men's and women's tournament so it was a crazy party and uh, well like i said i can remember <laughs> i can't remember how i got home but uh, <laughs> i can remember some parts and i, I... remember that i had a big uh, conversation with the Empire. he's one of my better friends at the moment Lee Barron.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, Lee. He did the uh, African Indoor Cup uh, in oh, 2018 yeah, yeah, yeah. in Swakopmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Good indoor hockey umpire and uh, probably one of the best in the world. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tiggs, obviously, uh, you know, 2015 was amazing, but then 2018 was a little bit heartbreaking because uh, the defending champions don't automatically qualify. You guys did not have a good European championship and nope. uh, it meant that you missed out on the chance of going to the world cup and defending your title i mean is that something you look back at still today and and think yes so what could have been um or, or are yeah, you happy definitely. with the way the script played
2: no definitely not only the only thing is like i said there was this core team that started re- a, a really long time ago and uh, i think from the world cup winning team in 2015 uh, four to five important uh, players retired or they got picked for the outdoor squad which which means they are not playing for indoor anymore so I think the the basic uh, or the the yeah, big chunk of the core group retired and we started working with a younger group uh, in 2016 and well that was a hectic tournament I, uh, we needed one we needed a draw in our last group game uh, we were uh, we scored a goal. Ten seconds before time, we were cheering. I don't know if you know this moment. It was against the Czech team. And uh, they took the ball. We got a penalty corner against because we were cheering on the other side. And some of our players were not were within the three-meter line. They got a penalty corner, another penalty corner, a stroke, a goal. And so we went to the C pool, which means you have to play for relegation. And there, yeah, everything went wrong. So we relegated. Um, that was also the moment where I, when I actually retired and in 2018, uh, I was the assistant uh, coach for this team. But in, in the end of the uh, preparation, one of our players got picked for the uh, outdoor team. So he was a core player in this team and he got picked and he left like a week before we went to Euros. So I got back into the game and I uh, got back from retirement and played the 2018 B division. But, um, yeah, obviously this wasn't the tournament where you were able to qualify for the World Cup, unfortunately. So we missed out. And I think that's a big, uh, yeah, that was a big shame. But it's also, it, it's it's a big part of a new group, uh, Besides Nikki Lies, Tern Rolf, but a lot of other players from the 2015 group retired or didn't uh, didn't play anymore. Um, so yeah, it was like it felt like a new beginning. And I think uh, Nikki and Turn are still playing, and they will be joining uh, hopefully the, the the European Championship and the World Cup that will be held uh, during this uh, coming winter. I will be there as well as uh, the assistant coach. Um, so yeah, we are, hopefully we are there to, uh, how you say, it, to 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 get some some revenge and and, and hopefully uh, yeah do well. But like I said, we have a totally different team from the, the yeah the 2015 or 2019 qualifying uh, um, episode.
1: Yeah, and and obviously that did bounce back. The team has qualified, and, and obviously we in South Africa have seen the disappointment of of good teams not qualifying with our women missing out. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We see this coming World Cup. I mean, the Pan Am now, the uh, the Trinidad and Tobago guys are not able to go because of COVID, so they don't get to defend their title and they don't qualify. Yeah. Will, uh, I mean, so, you know, sport, unfortunately, is about those high moments, but also the low moments and how you bounce back. And, you know, Definitely. you speak a lot about coaching. You obviously are also coaching at Amsterdam. You're coaching the women's first team and, Yeah, it must have been quite special having played in all those uh, EHL games over the years yourself to get to coach uh, a women's team in the first ever EHL.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was uh, an amazing experience. I think this was actually the first uh, uh, event for me, the first few games that were really, um, uh, how do you say it, Um, we were really playing for something eh, in this tournament because – uh, obviously, the year before the competition in in the Netherlands was uh, uh, postponed due to COVID, so uh, we didn't play any playoffs. So it was actually one of my first games uh, with a lot of pressure on it and a, and a must win game. Um, yeah, and it was it was it it was totally different. I can tell you. I mean, as a player, you know, you you uh, obviously live live up to the moment that the EHL is coming, and you play your game. But your coach is just preparing you, and that's about it. Uh, and 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 you feel excited, and you want to play, and you do your thing. But as a coach, it is so much more. And especially in 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 COVID times, it was it was quite hectic um, yeah, to get to the EHL because there were a lot of protocols, a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh things that you have to think about and as a coach yeah i mean it was it was i can tell you much heavier than uh, being a player and just showing up and doing your thing uh instead of uh, you know prepping your team uh for this event but um yeah i was really proud of uh of what we did there i mean uh obviously we we uh, left there with a bronze medal um but I think we played uh, w- well. One of our best games of the season against Denmark in the semi-final. I think, uh, especially the, the second and the third quarter, we were we were dominating this team, uh, which has I think nine or ten Olympians. If we see the we see the squad now, um, and we, uh, yeah, the game was like seventy seconds too uh, too long for us but I think we did we did very well and 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 yeah unfortunately during the shootout series um, we didn't manage to uh, to win and to become the winning team but after that I mean we 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 were actually very happy with our performance and we went through to the to the uh, uh, how do you say it respectful the loser game or the bronze medal game the the bronze medal game and I think we outclassed the uh, club under Ulster uh so we really showed that we were one of the top teams there uh, unfortunately, without a gold medal, but I th- because I think if we just won the the semi final against them, boss, I think we definitely would have taken the gold as well. Um, but it was a, a a different, a total different experience, eh? especially after uh, well losing a semi final game like that. I mean, how do you uh, uh, how do you handle your team? What do you do? Uh, what's the vibe? How do you prep them within like? 12 20, well, within 12 24 hours to to still uh win a bronze medal and to be uh, super uh, super focused to play uh, another good game uh so that's that's a lot of hard work but i think we did well and we managed well and uh yeah, it was, it was great to, uh, to f- finally see the EHL with the, with the women's uh, edition as well because I think that's, that's quite important for the sport as well uh, to, to have more equality within these events and, and everything around it. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, totally different, but, but still, I mean, uh, I love to play uh, uh, in, in the highest league. I love to coach in the highest league and games uh, with, the, with pressure like this. Well, this is why I am, why I am in sports and especially in the, in the top of
0: the, of the leagues. Robert, you spoke about your experience in 2015 uh, with uh, the, the World Cup victory. And you spoke about your coach, about how you would have died for him. And, and i'm interested to know why exactly and now having made the transition into coaching and, and as you spoke about that that performance uh, uh making it through to the semi-final with the women's side uh, losing unfortunately too Den bosch yeah would you would you say that your your players would say the same thing about you like what makes a coach <laughs> that good that you'd want to die for them
2: uh well, it, it, well, my own experience with, with, with my coach was is that we started this uh, this, this, this um, episode in 2008 and we grew into this uh, 2015 fairy tale together. Uh, and, and, and I would die for him because this guy, he knew everything, he knew everything about tactics, he knew everything about technical skills. but uh, his social skills, uh, were also yeah, phenomenal i mean i was so confident but i was also feeling very um uh, how would you uh, how do you say this i was i was so um yeah this guy he felt like a, a second father to me you know so he he was interested in everything you did your study your situation at home i mean he was like a family figure and and that's why i i would say i would die for him and you know he he knew exactly how to find the right balance uh, between uh, how to live for the top sport and also how to relax and be yourself. And so he, and I think for him, he was an older, not an older guy, but I think he was like 45. He was quite experienced. Uh, So I think he took a bit of everybody that he worked with and the guys he coached, but also the guys he was coached by. Um, And I think for me, uh, I'm not sure if the women that I coach would say that they would die for me, uh, but I think that's also because I'm still a young guy. You know, I'm really fanatical, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm totally into it. So uh, i and I will always defend all my girls. But I think that I'm at the same time I'm also that. Uh, an experience that I can still um, how do you say it overfocus or you know uh, I have to, I still have to learn a lot and uh, I don't think I made mistakes but I think I in some moments uh, focus too much on on small things but it uh, yeah for me when I look back at the last year for example uh, COVID had quite a big influence on myself as a coach because you are I was just trying to make this puzzle uh, for every single game, instead of thinking about tactics, instead of thinking about how is everybody doing in this home situation. I was like, there was this one weekend that two hours before we started gathering for a game, I got a call. It was the first call that I got that day. Hi, Tix. Um, yeah, I had a dinner yesterday and it was with this and this girl. She's uh, She has a cough now, so she's going to uh, to test, which means I have to go in quarantine. Okay. Well, uh, go into quarantine then, and uh, so you will—you won't be playing. Two minutes later, the next one calls. Another two minutes later, the next one calls. So in the end, within two hours before my game started, I lost five girls because of a quarantine. Yeah. Uh, so I had to manage five. Uh, I, had, I had to manage to find five players, for example, within two hours before my game starts. Uh, and that was that. That was like a, a small summary of the season. I was so much um, on the on the on the COVID thing, you know, that I think that I've. Well, maybe missed a few steps on the social part and also on the t- tactical part. But in the end, I'm super proud of what I did with my team eh, over the years. Don't uh, don't think I'm not proud or I'm not uh, happy with what we did. But I think you know I have to learn a lot, and this was a good lesson for me. Like, okay, how to focus on uh, on the right things in the right time. Um, yeah, that that's it. And I think the German guy for me, he he just knew how. He had like a sensor for okay. At this moment, I have to be the more the social guy. At this time, I have to be the tactical guy or the or the the real leader. You know, who shows real leadership and has strong decisions. I think therefore, I, I mean, I had so much respect for him after all these years. That's 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 why I would die for him.
0: Oh, man. I- uh, it fascinates me to, to see how the, the level of appreciation that players have for their coaches. And it's not often the case, but when it is, you can see that it certainly does breed success. And, and of course, uh, the results speak for themselves. Uh, speaking yeah. of success and successful players, we had uh, Ava de Gouda, um, who, who was sensational. And, and a nice South African link as well with Ava, with yeah, uh, Tim yeah, Drummond. Yeah, especially
2: with Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, tell us a bit more more about her uh, leaving Amsterdam. Unfortunately,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. There was, uh, well, I spoke to her about it, obviously, and um, well, I think she, after ten years of Amsterdam, uh, she she was uh, looking for a new challenge. You know, I mean, uh, at Amsterdam, we always have a great squad. So she's that she was named uh, best player in the world twice in a row. I think if there was a third year, it could have been three in a row. Um, So obviously it's sorry to see her leave, but I think for her as a, as a player, but also as a, as a human being, she was looking for another challenge, a different kind of challenge, you know, with, with a team that is not uh, uh, in the playoffs for sure, you know, or, you know, they're, they're really building a squad. And I think for her, it's, it's, yeah, a new challenge to to explore herself and to explore her uh, well, the different skills besides her hockey skills, and and I think that's for her was one of the main drivers to make this decision. And well, I can tell you, obviously, I spoke to her like four or five times uh, during the period where she had to decide, and I, yeah, obviously, told her that I didn't want her to leave because it's one of the best players in the world. So uh, yeah, you definitely don't want her to leave your team. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I mean, uh, when when a strong player like that uh, walks away, it also opens opportunities for the rest. Um, so that's that's how I see at it now. How I look at it now for for my own squad eh, for the coming years. But yeah, like I said, Eva as a person, as a top hockey person, as a top sport person. Um, yeah, I think she's like uh, the the top of the world. You know how she. Uh, lives her sport how she's how her fitness is how her well everything about around it i mean she broke her wrist and four weeks later she played her first uh, training again that's she was so super focused to get back in back onto the pitch to start playing again to recover well to become to come back stronger Uh, i mean that's that's Definitely, her character, and uh, I mean, I have uh, a really a lot of respect for her career and 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 everything she did for hockey, for women's hockey, for for Holland as a as a country, yeah, the, the national women's side, uh, and also as a human being, because uh, I mean, she's an amazing girl, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe uh, uh, in the in the future she will end up in South Africa yeah, with Tim on her side. It's a nice country to live in, I can and, imagine. You know, if
1: she can come stay here for a couple of years, she's good enough to uh, maybe uh, retire from Netherlands for a few years and then play yeah. for South Africa after that. It sounds like a plan to me, Yeah, <laughs> It sounds like a plan uh, to me. Oh. T- 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 obviously bearing in mind that uh, we're almost out of time. I wanted to ask you to pick a dream indoor team. But Ooh. the caveat I'm going to give you is – Apart from yourself, obviously, you'll be in the six, so you need to select five others, but they have to come from five different countries. Ah. otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it was just gonna be your Amsterdam team.
2: Yeah, well, or some of the all-star guys. <laughs> um okay. Um so myself is already the first Dutch guy, or yeah, like but you're I... allowed what you're allowed another Dutch another guy. Another Dutch guy. Okay. Oof! this is a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> um let me think. Um, I think uh, in goal. Who is the worst goalie I played against? Uh, <laughs> I think the Austrian goalie. No, 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 definitely not. Because, okay, Benny, Benjamin Stanzel, he's in my team.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Um, I think... Uh, uh well tone rove obviously is my best friend and uh my my indoor hockey buddy but i think when i look at it now and uh, i think i, I would take uh, nikki lies uh, yeah, the most because,
1: amazing hands ever
2: because he's i think the most complete player uh, out of uh, myself rove and so nikki lies will definitely be be in it and uh i hope tone is not listening to this podcast uh because <laughs> I don't
1: yeah. We'll record a separate little clip for him and send it to him. Okay. Okay. Cool.
2: Then um, I would say uh, from Germany. Yeah, is it Mo or is it Benny? <laughs>
1: will, will you help me out? I mean, I, I I love Mo because of what he what he stands for. But is there a better indoor hockey player that I've ever seen than Benny West?
2: No, I, think. I take Benny West. Yeah. I take Benny West. So I have Benny West. I have Nikki Lies. I have myself. I have Benjamin Stanzel. Uh, so I need a goalie from a different country. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I need another striker.
1: What countries do we have? Uh, anyone from, uh, you've got Germany. So anyone from, uh, you've got Germany and Austria. Yeah. Uh Belgium. Belgium Belgium did well
2: over the last couple of times, but I think they did well because of uh, they were a good team, not really yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Bone. Yeah, of course. Tom Bone. I, I played against him, he's a great goal scorer and a good drag flick. So I think as a goal scorer I can have him. But how's my defense then? I have Benny and I have Nicky, Stanzel on the midfield, then I have uh, Bone in front. Uh
1: Keeper, someone from Iran mm. or Austria or no Austria, no, not Austria, Austria. Australia, uh,
2: Australia. Okay, come, come on. on. Who do we have here?
1: Ireland, uh, Switzerland.
2: Yeah, no. mm.
1: I think the Iran goalie was good, but I don't know his name. <laughs> I'll pull up the Iran goalie's name from the tournament. It was, uh, Sasan Hatami. <laughs> never heard of him
2: never (laughs) don't know his name anymore um Uh, shit goalie come on come on come on come on come on come on
1: um it's hard man yeah that when I thought about it I thought it would Five countries would be fine. Okay, we'll allow you to have one bonus from another country. From yeah, Brazil. okay.
2: I think that's best because then I will take uh, in his top days, I would take Laurens
1: Goedigdur. Yeah, 2015 Lawrence is yes, probably yeah. the best. Yes, I think so. so. It takes obviously uh, the other question who, apart from Netherlands, who do you think is uh, going to be the, the team to watch at the 2022 Indo Hockey World Cup? Bearing in mind that indoor has been very, very smashed by COVID over the past two years.
2: Yeah, I think I'm. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, uh, it's it's quite hard. I mean, I was not involved uh, during the Euros here in uh, mm. in 2018 or 2019. I mean, uh, or 2020. I don't know the 20 uh, whatever the last Euros. Um, so uh, I think still uh, Austria is always. Always a team to watch. I think they still have Kerper playing. I still think they have uh, Stanzel playing. They have the Simchek guy in goal playing. And they had some good young guys coming in. Uh, so I think they are uh, a team to watch. And, and obviously uh, Germany is always... Uh, it, it depends on what squad they take. But um, I can't imagine they would come with a, with a B team to a World Cup. So... Definitely Germany as well. So I think the the usual suspects, the top three. But like I said, I I, I haven't seen a lot over the last two years. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's good to have another surprise like we did in twenty fifteen. Eh? Yeah, maybe we, South we Africa.
1: Yeah, we wouldn't mind if it was South Africa. But more importantly for us, we'd love South Africa just to get into the top six, so that there's two African teams at the next one. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I think with like what like I said, the 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 Kasim guys, you have a lot of guys going to the Olympics now, and they have a lot hmm. of uh, tournament experience, eh? the best tournament experience you can have. So if uh, if South Africa lets them play during the the World Cup uh, indoor, I mean, you have some young guys. They have they have electric hands. They have they have a tactical uh, well advantage or like a good level through the years because of uh, playing psi and, and and you know playing or watching the all-stars so i think yeah a combination of this can be really uh useful and and and, and might end up in uh yeah fairy tale story ending up with the top six
0: robert finally i'm just on a a betting website and i'm busy putting in my predictions uh just a <laughs> just a quick one and uh, netherlands and the olympics uh both men's and women's uh who should i go if- Can I I back them to win the gold?
2: I think uh, with the women, you can go for gold. Uh, With the men, I think it's a very challenging uh, Olympic Games coming up. I think there are like six uh, extremely good teams uh, with uh, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, uh, India... Australia, obviously, uh, and I saw some other outside. I was really impressed by England during the Euros. They, they mm. played very well. Um, I put my money on, uh, well, the Netherlands, they won the Euros, and I think they're in a good vibe. but um, um, I would say Australia
1: with the men.
0: Okay, I'm just typing that in quick. Okay,
1: Australia, and no, I, I do think we didn't see the best of Belgium at Euros. I think you Belgium. No, no, no,
2: we didn't. Up, but. Uh... But still, I mean, they won a lot over the years. And, uh, you know, mm. they are the team to beat. Eh? Everybody's yeah. focusing yeah. on Belgium. So that makes it harder for them. And therefore, some other teams might have a role, a, a bit more underdog role, which which might suit them. India is a dark horse. Eh? They are doing really well over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Just hopefully COVID doesn't rob them of a full strength oh. squad. Yeah. Well, COVID, I hope it's gone soon. <laughs> uh, don't,
1: don't we all... Yeah. Speaking of being gone, soon, Tiggs, We know you have some other calls you have to jump onto. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, no problem, man. I love to be in the show. Cheers, oh, Robert. No, fantastic. We really love awesome seeing you and You guys. Next time you're here in South Africa, we will take you for a round of golf and a few. Yes, years after
2: that. probably in December, eh? The week yeah, before let's do it. Christmas, I might. Uh, I might come over. Done. Cool. <laughs> Good to talk to you guys. Cheers, take Robert. Very right. Thanks
1: very much. Thanks, Tiggs. Cheers,
2: okay, buddy. bye, guys.
0: Later, right. You know, I always feel weird, Ty, because I mean, you you know a lot of people personally, and uh, it's 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 strange because you refer to them by their nicknames, and uh, yeah. uh, I hate doing it myself because nicknames obviously are very personal things. So, <laughs> cheers, Tiggs. Cheers, Robert. Cheers, Diggs. Cheers, Robert. <laughs> I mean, I I literally it, it's. It's one of my humble brag
1: moments, uh, but I literally am looking at my Amsterdam shirt that he gave and uh, yeah, that cool. I've got here framed and it's signed from Tiggs. So oh, man. I, think, I think it's okay that I can call him that.
0: No, I mean, of course you can. <laughs> Look, I give guy you know, I give guy nicknames the second after I meet them. Um
1: Yeah, but some of them you can't even read on a podcast, no,
0: even though. Some of them, like ninety-five percent <laughs> of them I can't. Um, but yeah, I won't give a guy a nickname until I've met them. But uh and obviously I haven't met him, but it is quite funny. But yeah, geez Uh what a legend. What a what a great guy and uh what a great person to interview because he's got stories.
1: Uh oh, absolutely and uh yeah, Derek. When you send the him, you meet him, um, you'll get to live some of those stories, and they are fantastic.
0: Oh, well, I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait pl- wait to play golf with him. I can't wait to to call him Tiggs, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. The the, the forty five minutes flew by. Initially, we were supposed to record it at a different time. He moved it forward by by half an hour, and. Um, Really, really accommodating of him, and saying like, "Listen, we've got that much time." And I was actually blown away when you said that's that's how much time we've got to them because usually, and we've done this for a while, and not just with hockey, but pretty much all sports. When you when you deal with such a high profile individual, uh, your your time is extremely limited, and uh, that wasn't the case now.
1: Uh, absolutely, and you know. He's he's, uh, obviously busy planning the transfer window there. Uh, Replacing Ava is not going to be easy, Uh, but uh, no, yes, what a a great pleasure. And uh, all we can say is thank you, and we hope you, the listeners, enjoyed it. Closing in on 100, and of course, there's the Olympic Games coming up, so you're sure to find some great content coming through then.
0: Oh. I cannot wait. The clocks are ticking. There's another show to go in about six or seven days' time. Ty smashed it out the park once again for another very special episode of Hockey the Podcast. But, uh, yeah, like I said, pretty much that applies to every single show that we do these days. And that's not a humble brag. That's just simply a fact. And uh, that's all thanks to my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard, doing a sterling job once again in capturing our great guests. Ty, thanks as always. We'll see you in a, in a couple of days' time. Actually, no, I'll see you tomorrow. No, I won't. I'll see you in two days' time because you're leaving me in the lurch on the golf course.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to watch Team Herrick destroy somebody
0: else's <laughs> confidence up close and personally. But I'll see you at the, our home, uh, our home of golf, South Africa. Oh, yeah,
1: Derek. And uh, obviously, for all the listeners, by the time you listen to this, Hockey the Magazine Edition 5 is out. It's free. Go check it out. Like it, share it, uh, make sure our advertisers get banged for their bucks so that we can keep doing it.
0: Lovely. Make it happen. Cool. Ty, congratulations on putting that together. Congratulations on putting this podcast together. And uh, I'll see you on the course in a couple of days' time, and I will hear you on our next episode. Awesome. Cheers.
1: Cheers.